everybody. This is Joel Junker with Cameron Brooks, and welcome to another episode of Cameron Brooks' podcast, Above and Beyond. Uh, we have an interesting podcast this time where uh, Pete Van Epps, uh, one of the principals at Cameron Brooks, interviewed me and asked me about my experience, um, transition, and background at Cameron Brooks and what I've seen it takes to be successful, and not only in the transition, uh, but also to be successful in the career and uh, what I think that you'll learn from this is that I hope you learn about me is that I'm passionate about helping other people reach their, their goals and their professional objectives and um, helping become, them become the best version of themselves. I also help you learn that, hope you learn that um, from my experience that humility, humility and energy and drive are the top characteristics that I think that uh, make somebody successful not only in their transition uh, but also in their their career. I hope you enjoyed this unique episode, and and maybe sometime in the near future, I'll get to return the favor and uh, interview Pete. Enjoy. Hey Joel, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's interesting to be on the uh, be on the other side, thinking about what yeah. we take our take our alumni through and just randomly ask them all these different questions and put them on the spot. So I guess I'm on the spot now. Well, I think it would be good to because uh, you know everyone gets to hear your voice and they get to hear you lead some of our alumni through questions. But uh, you know, for those that don't know you, I bet they I bet bet they have some questions of their own about kind of who you are, where you're from, and, and a little bit about your background. So this is a good be a good chance for us to do that. So um, why don't we start there? Why don't you share with everyone a little bit about your background, maybe your academic background, military background, and your time here at Cameron Brooks. I get asked a lot at camera at the conference but by the candidates are like where I went to work before I came to Cameron Brooks. And, um, I always kind of sheepishly tell them I didn't work anywhere. Uh, like you and Rob, uh, Rob Davis worked had a career before he came to Cameron Brooks. I was hired, um, from, uh, from straight out of the conference, basically went to the conference, interviewed, and then at the end of the career conference, Renee Brooks met with me and asked me if I'd be interested in also interviewing with Cameron Brooks. And so I did follow-up interviews with Corning, um, a couple of telecommunications companies, J&J, uh, General Mills, and then also through uh, came on a weekend and did a follow-up interview with Cameron Brooks. And they were looking for somebody that could start on the client side uh, with uh, Chuck Alvarez, who's the CEO now, and Renee. Um, to support them and kind of be the future uh, that they saw as having some development talent on board. They were they had already really wanted somebody that had business experience, but they were having a challenge um, hiring somebody um, because we don't want to hire anybody at Cameron Brooks that we've placed that are still with the original company. And so uh, I sometimes say that they were a little desperate and they hired somebody straight from the military and they're always saying that they were a little bit concerned that I would leave because I didn't have business experience before, but 18 years later, I, I'm here. Um, as, you, as I mentioned, Army officer, I think a lot of people know that, and uh, graduated from Notre Dame in 1995. Why did you, so you had all of these other opportunities, and, and you wouldn't say this, but I'll say it on your behalf. You came to the career conference in every interview you had, and I think you had 14 or 15 interviews. Every company said yes to you. So you certainly had a lot of opportunity. Um, what, what what do you think the driving factor was 18 plus years ago going to work for a military officer recruiting company that you know that maybe you know you didn't know much about or 
or didn't know where this whole thing would go? What was the driving factor? Mine came down to where did where did I think that I was going to become the best version of myself? I didn't necessarily have any metrics to use or have any data like a, how would I measure that? How would I factor it in? But I really questioned myself: where was I going to? What opportunity was going to stretch me, um, help me grow and develop and become reach my full potential, become that best version of of me, whether it be. It, it both actually, both personally and professionally, and I felt like the opportunity to come to Cameron Brooks, which is a still is today, but even back then, uh, a learning organization and continuously trying to get better. The industry is constantly changing, companies are cha- changing, and just really impressed with um, Chuck Alvarez, who I said is their CEO now, Mary Lou. There was another gentleman that was on board at then that helped recruit me to be a candidate, Cameron Brooks. And then, of course, Roger, Cameron, Renee Brooks. As I thought about integrating with that team, I thought, this is a place where I am going to really be stretched, challenged, and grow. I'm going to grow, not just in the next few years, but long term. And then I looked from a personal standpoint. Um, I grew up in a, my dad's small company. Um, and I grew up in a kind of a medium-sized town. So from the stuff that was outside of work, it really matched up with what I was used to as well. And so that was those were just added added bonuses. And I think lastly, it's probably back to, back to the world become the best version of myself. I think one of the most favorite things I've ever done in my life is be a Little League coach for the summers uh, to stay for money, uh, for jobs. And uh, this business has a lot of coaching in it. And I like that aspect. It's a business, but there's a lot of coaching and developing and helping other people reach their potential. So that's why, ultimately, I I chose Cameron Brooks and and have stayed, and I've really never thought about anything else. And so it's been it's been phenomenal. It's been hard and challenging and and fun and extremely rewarding. Well, not only that, you know, you you mentioned that when you came to the organization, the goal was to bring in some development talent that could lead the organization forward into the future. And now you're sitting here as a um, executive vice president. You're leading our recruiting effort. You're a partner in the firm. And there's only two partners. So, so yeah, I think that uh, when Cameron Brooks saw that, saw the potential, uh, they saw the right guy. And, and here you are 18 years later. Thank you, Pete. And of course, it's all good. I mean, there's all great people, right? There are alumni, so many companies and recruiters. And I think that you asked me some things about the business in the 18 years, what's changed and what not, what's not changed. Um, maybe get ahead of you. But what's, you know, what's not changed is it's a, it's people. And well, the military officer has changed in terms of, um, as you know, every generation brings something new and a little bit different to cause some of those changes. The, what has not changed in this business is this is people, and it is people making a transition. Transitions cause stress. And so they put a lot of trust in Cameron Brooks, and every person has different goals and objectives, different personal situations, even though they may have the same rank, same pay, a lot of the same experiences. It's always different. All these people are different. And then the recruiters. Um, how you know, the relationships with them and how much we learn from them and how much they value us and that Cameron Brooks and trust us and really value the military officer. 
and that has not that has not changed. What has changed? There's been more recruiters and people that now value the military officer. And the other thing that I think that has changed, that's um, in a good way. I think that the millennial generation or the people that are in their 20s, early 30s, there's some things that are uh, written out there that can be negative. But I think from the standpoint of what I've really appreciated about this generation that's challenged us at Cameron Brooks to make us better, number one is to be better listeners, to be people that really listen to, to goals, but also then be clear and transparent back on what's possible and what's to be expected, that this generation really expects that. So there's a lot more partnering. And we're always partnering, but I think there was a little bit more of, at one time, probably a little bit more like, hey, this is the way it is, and this is the way it's going to be. There's a little bit more partnering and listening and guidance and coaching, and that's made us better. And the next thing that's made us better is technology. Uh, and we have a lot long ways to go, but you know, really utilizing some of the technology that we have Cameron Brooks and in implementing that to be more efficient. It's made it fun and challenging. But I got ahead of you on one question there, but I thought it led in. Yeah, that's good. You you mentioned that we are a uh, a learning company, and I really appreciate that because when I came to Cameron Brooks, I really um, was motivated, inspired to continue to push myself and develop myself. What is it about Cameron Brooks that, that makes – this organization so focused on getting better and learning. I understand what you just said, you know, being better listeners, having clear and transparent communication. But what is it about this organization that 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 makes us want to be better? DNA, one. Um, and that comes from Roger Cameron and Renee Brooks when they started the company. I mean, they started it um, – really in their home. I mean, they based the office with Mary Lou White. They based in Roger Renee's home. There wasn't an office. And um, they were really creating an industry. Um, and they were having to figure out how to, to do this. They were having to be better in everything that they did because, you know, they had to make payroll. They had to to pay postage because back then there was an email, they were mailing everything, they had to pay for plane tickets. And so this was, there was this relentless focus on if this company, for them, and I wasn't even here yet, this company's going to make it, we have to keep getting better all the time. And when I showed up well after, after all of that, that was still the mindset, even though, even when I got out in 1999, we were not maybe widely known, but with, if you use them or knew about them, we always associated Cameron Brooks with the, the best recruiting firm, the best, one of the best options to make that transition. But even though we were known that, there was never any rest on the rolls, and that's just that entrepreneurial mindset that Roger and Renee brought. The next thing is our client companies expect us to stay on top of what's happening in the industry. And we have to be well-read and utilizing the concepts that they're talking about, making sure our candidates have it. And then lastly, I think it's the type of person we hire at Cameron Brooks. It's the person that values learning, likes to learn. So I think all of those put those things together that we are people who want to continuously get better and grow. Um, and Roger used to say, you grow or you die. 
and so that's something that I've always kept in my my back of my mind. You can't grow numbers every year. It'd be great if you did, but you can always grow personally and professionally as a learning organization and processes. And if you're not, you're probably going backwards. And, you know, you talk about, um, you know, the best pieces of advice, and that's probably another one. I, I wrote that down. It's one I want to think about and dwell on, but that's right. You grow or you die. And, and sometimes I know in people's careers and perhaps people listening to this podcast, um, you know, we all go through our ups and downs, and, and sometimes we're in an organization that easily fosters growth, like I feel like Cameron Brooks is, and sometimes maybe you're in an organization that doesn't foster that, but, but that's, a, that's a piece of advice to latch on to. You grow or you die, and you want to continue to get better as a professional. Push yourself, even when, even when it's not easy, even when, you know, it's eating up some of that discretionary time in order to get better, so... But that wasn't the best advice I've ever received. The best advice I've ever received that I still try to live, maybe not every day, to the best that I should, that I think about, is a guy named Bob Drebs. Professor Drebs is my marketing professor. I don't remember a whole lot about marketing from the class other than you know, the basics. But what I do remember is him taking me to lunch, and we were talking about careers and what's going to happen next and things. and. He always said it's not as important on what you do, but who you are that matters the most. And I share that with a lot of people who are making that transition from the military because the military can have so much meaning in work. And you're, the uniform makes that outside the external meeting so much easier for people. Yet they may start feeling that this career is not right for them, but they're concerned about finding that meaning if they leave the military and go into the to the um, business world. And it can be more of a challenge to find that meaning because it's so easy to, to, to find that in the military. But it can be making plastic as much as it could be making biopharmaceutical life-saving drugs or it could be making glass. It could be selling uh, packaging material to selling medical devices. It could be engineering new semiconductors to consulting on Wall Street. And in the end, that work doesn't define you. It's who you are and how you live your life and the respect that you give for other people, this learning that we're talking about, the relationships that you have with people and how you build up other people and help other people reach their potential. Those are the things that matter on who you are. And you could have the most meaningful job working for hospital. You could be in the, and those are in the military. Pete, you saw it. I've seen it. You got people in the military that so easy to find tons of meaning, but who they are and how they lead is kind of contradictory to that meaning of work, even though they have so much opportunity for it. And that's what I would say to anybody who's listening to this. You can really take any work and, and put meaning into it by choosing on how you want to live your life or how you want to live that day. Do you think you can go just a little bit further than that? I you said by choosing how you live your life or or you know how you're going to live that day. What, what do you mean? Like what, what if you're working in an organization that you know isn't isn't creating the 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 you know the next wonder drug or cure to cancer or whatever it might be? How do you how do you go about finding meaning in who you are and what you do regardless of quote you know the function or the company or whatever it might be? I think ideally, might not be initially when you transition out, 
but at some point in your career, you get this nice overlap. But I think ideally when you first transition out, you get some elements of this, but I'm good at this work. I'm leveraging some skills here. I'm leveraging what I'm good at. I'm leveraging things that I also like to do, that I enjoy doing. And then for whatever reason, makes economic sense for you. And it doesn't have to be I'm making the most money. It just means economic sense. Like I'm, 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 it's meeting my needs. I'm enjoying. I'm saving a little bit, whatever it may be, or I'm on a path that will. And once you get those like basic needs and satisfied, and I think one way you bring meaning into your work is, is um, how does this impact other people? And that could be as simple as the relationship that I have with somebody, and I'm trying to solve a problem. And I'm trying to solve a problem, not not the relationship problem, but we're trying to solve whatever, some metric number, some problem on a piece of equipment. But I do this in such a great relationship with somebody and building that relationship, listening to them, learning from them, complimenting them, and adding some value, letting them leverage their strengths. And we do that together. We do that in that relationship to ultimately solve that problem. That's one way to do it. So you're not just out there solving problems, making things happen. But you're also being able to do that as a leader. You're doing that with and through really good relationships with trust and respect. Another way that can be done is with excellence. No matter what you do, you do it with excellence. And I'd say that's one of the things that disappoint me most in things that I do at Cameron Brooks when I make mistakes. I do something less than it's excellent. And I didn't put my best foot forward. And that when I do that excellence, that is something that could be an officer or a program, a client, somebody internally that might might get outside of Cameron Brooks, that that brings them value. And then it's simple things, is especially as most people are going to be listening to this are leaders. We have such an opportunity with those relationships to really make a difference in people's lives. And sometimes that's just a handwritten note saying thank you for something. It's a compliment on something. It's as simple as, Hey, thank, it's something is walking by. Thank you. It's as simple as a compliment that you can do for somebody. And listen, I have all these things I'm saying, I'm not, I might be even a five or six on a seven or maybe a seven on a couple on a 10 scale. I'm average at these, but these are all ways that when we slow down and remember relationships matter, that we have an opportunity every day as a leader to make a difference and to make deposits in people and to build people up, and it doesn't matter what you're making, what you're delivering. It can matter, I guess, if your values don't match an organization, but everything I'm saying is going to go out the door anyway. But if everything, like the economic sense, you're doing what you like to do, it's got a good um, on your interests, and your values line up, all these things that I just mentioned, these are ways that that you can add value to the world and add value to or to live a life of meaning in your daily work, no matter what you're doing. I want to put an exclamation point on what you just said. I want to tell you a quick story. I It was around the time that um, seniors were graduating from high school earlier this year, and I saw a, a young man that I, I barely knew. His One of his sisters is one of my daughter's friends, and so he was working a booth at a volunteer at one of the things here locally and getting ready to start a um, uh, start his mechanical engineering studies at Texas A&M. And so we were, I was just visiting with, with him for a moment, and I said a word of encouragement, you know, I talked about, you know, the challenge of that major, but the uh, but the benefits of, of sticking with it and pursuing it and, 
you know, trying not to be distracted, especially as a freshman in college with everything that's going on around you. And we just kind of talked for, you know, five minutes, maybe even less than that. And um, and just a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting behind his mom at the high school football game, and she turned around and she said, hey, I just want you to know um, that thing that you said to my son, he told me about it earlier this week. This was months ago. He told me about it early this week, and I want you to know you had a positive impact on on his decisions and what he's kind of thinking about and where he's going right now. And, I, you know, I, frankly, I kind of forgot that I mentioned it. Um, but then I turned to my wife. I said, you know, you just never know the impact you can have on someone by just trying to be a good person and to, and to as you said, Joel, to make deposits. It's just such good advice. And, and people really do matter. I was on a, a phone call to capitalize even on that. I was on a phone call um, with a, oh, he's like a combination friend, Cameron Rooks alumnus mentor or somebody that I've been mentoring and uh, he he was never a GMO he's somebody that we just helped out at Cameron Brooks because he was a friend son of a friend of Roger Cameron's and uh, his name's Terry and um, Terry um, starting is starting up a, a skincare company with his brother and and a couple other people and so this company has like five people in it because they've outsourced all the manufacturing and he's not have any income right now. They're living in Los Angeles with he and his brother together. His brother and he are the one, two people in the company. And so Terry and I were talking about the challenges of this. So Terry brought up, he said, he talked about this social capital, this relationship capital that he has with his brother. And that he has to be very careful on taking too many withdrawals from it and not enough deposits. So he says, you know, when I'm at home, and I got to be very careful I'm not walking on pins and needles, but I'm very conscious of the way that if the trash needs to be taken out or the dishes or whatever needs to be done and how I say it, what I say it, because I want to say it in a way that's not going to withdraw any social capital. I want to say things that are going to make deposits because I know that when I get back out to work next day or the day before, it's stressful in this startup. And occasionally I'm going to make a mistake on saying something, I'm going to be making a withdrawal by accident. And so I'm much more conscious of times making those deposits. And we have such opportunities as leaders, going back to what you say, to make that deposit you'd made to that young man, never knowing of how it can impact. But I imagine this is what he saw. Here's a guy that went to West Point who is really is kind of put together. He's successful. He's an engineer himself and saying, hey, look, this is going to happen. And I just want you to think about this before it happens, and you can do this. And that, that, that somebody like you, that is a, I've said it in my tips, I've written, that's speaking with a megaphone. We don't realize as leaders mm-hmm. how what we say is almost like yelling when we say something. That we, we, people look at us and listen to us. And I think it's the thing that for me is now in my mid, my mid 40s and with four kids and, um, team of people that I lead, I, gosh, I got to remember one, social capital, relationships, those deposits. And two, I got to remember about just about everything I say to everybody. I speak, it says, it's it's a lot louder than what it what normal people say because of the position of responsibility and leadership that I'm in. 
I want to I want to go down one more road with you. I think we could probably talk for an hour, another hour or two, and maybe we'll do that again in a in a in a follow-on podcast. But I do want to go down one topic with you that I think will be very helpful to especially military officers listening to this podcast, but perhaps even those that have already made their transition. You know, with 18 years of experience at Cameron Brooks, you have seen what works and perhaps what doesn't work. And one of the questions I get a lot is you know, whether it be at the conference or transitioning or whatever it might be, hey, Pete, kind of tell me what people have done that have been a mistake or a misstep, you know, that, that I can avoid the pitfalls. Can you maybe name one or two things that you've seen people in their transition, maybe already out of the military in their first job or whatever it might be, a mistake or a misstep that people can be aware of? Is there contemplating their transition because it's a, it kind of goes in line with what we're talking about now, you know, making deposits, um, using your expertise to give advice that people can use in action. Can you give us maybe one or two things that you've seen um, that uh, that is kind of a recurring thing that perhaps people can avoid? I've got a lot. Um, not in any particular order because I've never really like put this together. I probably should. And, like write something about this, but it's and you know the I think you have you have answers to these too. But number one, I think it all flows from humility. I think everything flows from some sort of humility. I think that that Patrick Lencioni and the ideal team player got it right. Humble, hungry, smart. And there's a reason why it didn't go smart, hungry, humble. It went humble, hungry, smart. Um and start with a position of humility that that doesn't mean you're not confident. It doesn't mean that you don't believe in yourself. It doesn't mean that you're meek. It just means that, hey, there's other people out there that have knowledge I can be, I, that I can gain from. I don't know everything. I want to listen. I want to respect other people. Um, I want to, uh, to learn and uh, start with humility. And I think that that humility will lead to Okay, I don't know everything. And so I think the biggest mistake that I made in my career that I would just really just encourage everybody else is find one to two mentors. Or sometimes people call something different, maybe a personal board of directors. Maybe you find four or five people that you can lean on for different things. But I waited probably until two or three years ago to find mentors. And I, as somebody that, really values learning. I've read tons and tons of books. But I've learned so much from these two people that I've asked to be a mentor of mine. And they have the ability to look at something from outside at your situation and give you ideas and thoughts and ways of saying things and describing things or writing things or asking things that you probably don't one, because you don't know everything, or two, you're so immersed in whatever is happening, you can't see that. And I feel like I'm being better able to handle and solve different problems. And now that leads me to the next thing. With those mentors, what you will learn, and I want everybody that listens to this, whatever you're going through right now and you're challenging your career, because you're probably going through one or just came out of one and you're getting ready to head to one, you, you're, you're not the first one to ever go through it. You're not the first one to ever be frustrated by your boss. You're not the first one where your boss ever, like, 
didn't tell you something and they should have and you heard it from somebody else. That's not, you're not the first one that's ever happened to you. You're not the first one that's ever dealing with a difficult employee. You're not the first one to not to, to, to miss your sales goals. And so don't feel like you're out there on your own. And people like mentors, well, you should send them an email. Call. They want to help. Other people want to help. Givers, most likely these people are givers. And at a minimum, if you're listening to this podcast and you're Cameron Brooks' program, whether you're in the program or alumnus, you know where you can call Cameron Brooks. And we can be that person that provides that, that advice to you at that point in time. Next piece, you got to be an optimist. You have to be an optimist. You can look at situations, and no doubt, there's some that are going to be super challenging. And some that you got to be realistic with. And instead of looking at them like, oh, I'm frustrated. Oh, man, I'm upset. You know, watch your the kind of internal dialogue you have with yourself and the words and they're using to describe things. But be that internal optimist and be that person that can example and solve those problems and make that change. So I think those are the three things that I would say, I, and there's more, I'm sure. Bring humility. And that humility is going to lead to, I don't know everything. I want to learn from other people. Let me find mentors. Let me proactively establish mentor relationships. Let me reach out to Cameron Brooks. I'm not the only one that's ever gone through this before. And then be an optimist. That's great, Joel. I, uh, j- just in the interest of time, I think we'll cut it off there. Um, and perhaps, you know, in the next few months, I mean, we're, we're now over 35 episodes into uh, this podcast. And so, We'll amass some more alumni to put on our podcast, and then uh, let's plan on doing it again uh, not too far down the road. That sounds good. Um, but I think i got to turn the tables and ask you some questions, too, before we put me back on the thing. That sounds good. All right. Thanks, Joel. All right. Take care. <laughs>